Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who was accused of murdering his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes, including fraud and homicide. Before we start this episode, a quick word about another Crime Story Media production. October 2014. Was David Martinez responsible for killing Pomona SWAT officer Sean Diamond? That's at the heart of Night Raid, a new podcast from Crime Story Media. Subscribe or follow wherever you get this podcast. On our last episode, we began our examination of the first witness testimony in the case with the direct examination of Colleton County Police Sergeant Daniel Green. On this installment, we continue our look at Sergeant Green's testimony. That's all coming up right after the break. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It is January 26, 2023, the second day of the Alex Murdoch murder trial. At the end of our last episode, Prosecutor Creighton Waters was questioning Colleton County Police Sergeant Daniel Green about footage from the body camera that he wore as he arrived at the scene of the murders of Maggie and Paul Murdoch. The footage is not visible to the courtroom cameras, however, that footage has been published on YouTube by South Carolina TV station WLTX with the images of the bodies of Paul and Maggie digitally obscured. Just after playing the section that reveals Green's observation of Paul's body and his initial encounter with Alex Murdoch, Waters pauses the video to ask Green about how the footage itself was recorded. Explain to us real quick uh, a body-worn camera. Where is that located and where, where are these images coming from? I would have put it, I generally put it right here on my chest, dead center of my chest. And how is it activated? How is it turned off? Can you explain that to the jury a little bit? Uh, so most of these cameras are activated in the patrol vehicles uh, that deputies on patrol have. They're activated whenever you activate your blue lights. Uh, so as soon as I turn my blue lights on, it activates my dash camera as well as my body-worn camera. And then how do you ultimately turn it off? It's got a button on the front of it that you can press. Uh, if it did not originally activate it, you would press that button to turn it on, to start the recording, and then whenever you're done recording, you press that same button to stop the recording. In this particular instance, how did it get activated? Was it when you turned on your blue lights to run code to the scene? That's correct. It was activated with my blue lights. And I've used the term run code. Do you know what that means? Yes. And can you explain that to the jury, please? Sure. Running code is just whenever you turn your lights on as well as your siren to get wherever you need to get fast. When you're moving quickly to respond to an emergency uh, situation. That's correct. The body camera footage resumes, and in the footage, the jury sees Sergeant Green picking up a shotgun that is leaning against an SUV, walking back to his police cruiser and placing the firearm in the passenger side of his vehicle. Waters again pauses the video. 
Right there, you laid the shotgun inside your vehicle, is that correct? That's correct. I laid it in front of the passenger seat in the front. Did it remain there until it was turned over to SLED? It did. The video again resumes as Officer Green walks back towards Alex Murdoch, past dog kennels, and on his left in the YouTube footage we see a blurred image. That image is not blurred for the jury, and Waters pauses and asks the witness again about that image. Uh, to the left of the screen, again, that's where the uh, Paul was, is that correct? That's correct. That's Paul laying on the ground. And is that uh, where you saw the water that you it described is. earlier? It is. The video again resumes as police radio chatter continues. He's also got the of a couple of field agents. As Sergeant Green arrives back at Alex Murdoch's SUV, Murdoch holds a phone to his ear. Waters again pauses the video. What is Mr. Murdoch doing at this particular time? He's on the phone pacing around talking to someone. I'm not sure who he was talking to at that point. Uh, did he ask you uh, to confirm if they were dead? He did. He asked multiple times while I was on scene. Did you ever see him any tears, any physical tears? I did not. Did you ever see him approach the bodies? I did not see him approach them, no. Did you observe any visible blood on him? There was no blood on him that I could see. The bodies, as you saw them, were was there a lot of blood around them given the injuries they had suffered? Yes, there was a pool of blood around each of the bodies that extended out from the body. As the body cam footage resumes, we see Alex Murdoch pacing around, speaking on the phone as police radio chatter also continues. After a few moments, Murdoch pauses to explain to Sergeant Green that he is speaking with his brother, and then Officer Green begins to ask Murdoch questions. That's my brother. Okay. When was the last time you were here with them, or talked to them, or anything like that? Um. It was earlier tonight. I don't know the exact time, but okay. I left. I was probably gone an hour and a half from my mom's, and I saw them about 45 minutes before that. Okay. I rode around with Paul for two hours this afternoon in the pickup truck. That's your son, Paul? Okay. Somebody going to check them? Yes, they've already checked them. They did check them? Yes. Yes, that's what it looks like. Prosecutor Waters again pauses the video and resumes questioning Sergeant Green. When you observed these victims, was it obvious that they had injuries incompatible with life? Yes, any reasonable person that came upon those bodies would have come to a conclusion that they were deceased. Again, the video resumes, and as Alex Murdoch paces and snorts, Sergeant Green continues to ask him questions. What, what's, what's her name? Her name's Maggie Murdoch. Margaret Branstetter Murdoch. How you doing? What's her birthday? Um, Pause it right there. What did the defendant just say? Let me back it up. How you doing? What did the defendant say right there? So while I'm in the process of gathering information about the two victims from Mr. Murdaugh, somebody walks by behind me and he pauses what he's telling me to say, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Yeah. And who was that he said that to? I'm not 100% certain. I believe it was a fire rescue individual. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. After Sergeant Green explains what prompted Alex Murdoch to say, how you doing, to someone off camera, Prosecutor Creighton Waters resumes the body cam video as we hear Green ask Alex Murdoch for his wife Maggie's date of birth. What's her birthday? Um... 91568. Okay, and what's your son's first name? You said Paul? Paul Terry Murdoch. And what's his birthday? Um, what are you covering him up? I got some getting dressed now, Sheriff. I'll have somebody stop and grab it. Tell them they don't have to do that. They don't need to. Preserve what we can. As Alex Murdoch looks off to the right of the body cam and as the police radio chatter continues, Sergeant Green appears to seek to manage the scene so that he can keep Murdoch's attention and gather information. 5-3. Where's it at? I'm in town. I should try to be Bill Day because he's going to be the only one to shot that. What's Paul's birthday? Got it. Um. Uh -huh. April 14th, uh, 1999, sir. Put it up as wide as you can. That's fine. You said 99? Sir? He was born in 99. He was born April 14th, 1999. Okay. What's your, what's your first name, sir? My name is Alex Richard Alexander Murdoch. Creighton Waters again pauses the video and asks Sergeant Green another question. Let me ask you this. In your interactions with Mr. Murdoch, was he able to understand your questions and respond appropriately to what you were asking? Yes. Was he catatonic in any way? No. He was able to answer all the questions that I asked him. Was he panicking in any way? He seemed upset, but I wouldn't say panicky. Uh, did you notice any labored breathing or anything like that from Mr. Murdoch? Yeah, he... Um, was breathing heavily. Uh, never once did he complain about um, not being able to breathe. I mean, there were fire rescue guys out there. He didn't ask for any kind of medical attention or anything like that due to not being able to breathe. Again, the video resumes. Soon after it does, we see two men who appear to be fire and rescue officers arrive within the body cam's view, and we hear Sergeant Green address one of them, a man with a shaved head and glasses. Richard Alexander Murdoch.
No. Hey, Cody, come around the truck and then go to the building. Come around the truck and then. Yes. What's that? There's a set of footprints behind the trailer there, too. Prosecutor Waters again pauses the video and asks the witness about the bald man with glasses. Who's that individual right there? I'm not sure of his name, I just know that he works for Carlton County Fire Rescue. When the video resumes in the background, we see men in uniform appear to put up police tape. In the background in the center of the screen, uh, it looks like somebody's doing something with some yellow tape. Can you explain what that is to the jury, please? That's correct. That's Deputy Pruitt, one of the deputies that I supervise. I instructed him to put up crime scene tape uh, to include that vehicle. Um, just to We put up crime scene tape to try to keep people out of the immediate crime scene area, preserve, preserve any possible evidence that's there. At this point in time, had you known, noticed any evidence of uh, firearms such as casings or spent shells or anything like that? Yeah, as I was walking through, you can't necessarily see it on my body camera, but as I was walking through, I could see shell casings, particularly around Maggie's body. All right. And a shell casing, would they be for like a rifle round or a pistol round? They or? appear to be rifle rounds. Right. And could you tell just from walking by what type of ammunition at that point in time? I couldn't tell what type. I could tell that they appeared to be rifle, and that's about it. And again, you weren't stopping to collect those. You were, you were managing the scene as you described before. That's right? correct. Again, the footage resumes and we hear Sergeant Green directing his deputies on where to string the crime scene tape. Let's go over to that corner of the building. I'm almost here. Let me see what we have first, whether or not we handle that part or not. At this point, the body camera footage shows a flashlight beam appearing to illuminate patches of the ground. After the flashlight beam passes over the ground, the prosecutor again pauses the video. What are you shining your light on right there? So there in the background behind where Mr. Murdoch is standing, you can see several sets of tire tracks. Um, the, the grass was really wet that night, so those tracks appeared to be really fresh. So I, it caught my eye. Right. And why did it catch your eye? It just seemed odd that there were, it appeared to be that many sets of tire tracks since he said he pulled up went to the house and came back. It just appeared that there were more than just that. It appeared that there were more tracks than just that. That's correct. Again, the footage resumes. I see quite a few tire tracks in here. Were any of these you going in and out? Uh, no, I came in here and I left one time and I came back. Okay. <clears throat> Maybe. Okay. From earlier, but okay. only two were mine. Did you go out this way at all? No. In the footage, Sergeant Green turns his attention back to the fire and rescue officer with the shaved head and glasses, and appears to direct him not to walk towards the tire tracks so as not to disturb the scene. And the fire and rescue officer heeds Green's guidance. Hey, hey, stay there, stay there, stay there. Got a whole bunch of stuff right there. I don't want to see. Yeah, that's often getting to the door. We can kind of get around that way. Your best way is probably going to be back through those rocks because we can't get any tracks off those rocks. Anymore. We'll go back around the other way we're just going. Okay. Thank you. Sergeant Green then walks under the crime scene tape and towards Alex Murdoch's SUV. What vehicle are you approaching right now? That was the vehicle that Mr. Murdoch said that he had approached that scene in. Was that a black suburban to your recollection? It is. What unit's 23 on Mosaic? I'm 7 unit off scene. Are you behind the house? 
there's several of us out here. There's right there. That would be Maggie's body right in front of that shed. Is that correct? That's correct. It's covered up by a sheet at this point. Again, the video resumes as we hear Sergeant Green describe the scene to someone over his police radio. A long dirt driveway right next to the mailbox says 4147. You'll see all our lights down here at this shed thing. Creighton Waters stops the video and asks Sergeant Green about an individual standing in the distance of the video frame. Standing way off in the, in the distance there. That would be Mr. Murdoch. Where did he spend the majority of his time while you were there after your initial interaction with him? Uh, from this point on, his general time was spent in that area where he's currently standing. Pretty far away from the scene? That's correct. Next, the body camera pans back over to where the bodies of Maggie and Paul Murdoch lie. As the radio chatter continues, police officers appear to be engaged in crime scene procedures in the area around the bodies. Creighton Waters again calls for a pause in the video. What was occurring right there? What's so what was occurring right there? Yeah. So both of those deputies, or Deputy Pruitt would be on the left and Deputy McDowell would be on the right. Uh, Deputy McDowell was taking small pieces of crime scene tape and just setting them by shell casings, I believe. Um, as road patrol officers, we don't generally have those little placards that you'll a lot of times see in crime scene photos. Um, but to prevent somebody from accidentally stepping on, stepping on them due to it being so dark out there, we tend to take something small like a piece of paper, a piece of crime scene tape, set it next to it just to indicate it a little bit better. Again, part of the job of first responder to sort of protect the scene until the uh, crime scene investigators get there. That's correct. Both these individuals, were you supervising them that night? I was, yes. As the video continues, Sergeant Green walks towards the police officers. A body is on the ground beside them, and another body lies further in the distance. Looking at this perspective right here, uh, to the left of the screen is whose body? To the left right there in the forefront would be Maggie, and in the further back you can also see where Paul is laying. Okay. Was Paul next to, or in the kennel area? Yes. The body cam video resumes and we see the two police officers as Sergeant Green explains to them that Alex Murdoch was apparently on the phone with his brother. I think his brother. He said he was calling somebody. He said what? He said he was calling somebody. Okay. There's a couple of showcases right there. Yeah, those will be easy to find. I'm just walking a couple of little and the ground would like be harder to see at some point. Y'all familiar with this family? Yes. Uh, I wasn't until he told me. Last name in Prosecutor Waters follows up on the conversation in the video by asking Sergeant Green to clarify whether he knew the Murdoch family prior to the night of the crime. Did you know this family prior to this? I did not. As the video resumes, we hear the voice of Alex Murdoch addressing Sergeant Green from off-camera and asking if the police need anything at the moment. The sergeant then re-engages with the police officers. He said for Evo to do? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Waters pauses the video and asks... Who is Evo? Evo would be Deputy McDowell's canine. Again, the video resumes and we see a large, stocky man with a shaved head, wearing a polo shirt with a badge on his chest, 
and a firearm holster around his waist, approaching Sergeant Green and the two other officers. As the large, stocky man stops and addresses Sergeant Green, Prosecutor Waters pauses the video. Who is that approaching right now? That would be my immediate supervisor at the time, Lieutenant Lonnie Nettles. In the next portion of the video, we hear Sergeant Green explain the situation to Lieutenant Nettles. Um, the gentleman in the white shirt is the husband of her, the father of him. That is Paul Murdoch. That's just his mother. Paul Murdoch was that guy in the boating accident from a while back, if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Just then, were you describing the boat wreck? Yes, I, it had been in local news previously, so. And it was your understanding that Paul was involved in that? In some way, I had no idea about the actual details of the case to know what his involvement was, honestly. Looks like him. He did have a firearm whenever I pulled up. It's a shotgun that's been secured in my vehicle. As the video resumes, we hear a dispatch call make a request of Sergeant Green. You will have to give me just a few minutes, but yes, I will. That dispatch call, was that related to the case in any way? I don't believe it was. I don't remember what that phone call ended up being about. As a supervisor, if a lot of us are tied up at one time, they will tend to give me a phone call to let me know that a certain call is pending or something else is going on. Um, just to help keep the radio traffic free, they'll call me on my cell phone instead. Did your entire squad respond to this, uh, this particular call, or did somebody... There was, there was one deputy that remained in service. Okay. Remained out, did not respond here, but remained on the road. Correct. And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we continue our coverage of the testimony of Sergeant Daniel Green regarding the dramatic footage that his body camera captured on the night of the killings. Also check out the new crime story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. 